you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time, from the eyes of a newcomer. I'm Calvin, I use he, they, and I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt, I use uh, he, him, and I've seen Star Wars in IMAX within the last 24 hours. So have I. I have done so too. Andy, what about you? I haven't seen it in IMAX. I gotta be honest. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we we've still banned yeah. You that is um, I'm banned. And here's the thing: you need to be kept far from Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way uh, home last night. Uh, yeah, like. But wait, if, no, we 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 need to stop this. We missed the. Most I'll important introduce. Bit. I'll introduce. Yeah, yeah Andy, myself. introduce yourself, Hi. and then we can go on with this conversation because I want to. Hello, hit this. my name is Andy. I use they them pronouns. I've seen an adequate amount of Star Wars. And yes, you have. <laughs> and you have not seen Rogue One and you will stay far away from it. Yeah. Because I want the plot of Rogue One to remain a mystery to you. If I see Rogue One merch anywhere, I'll just clutch my pearls and look away. Yeah, exactly. That is the reaction I want. And I that is how a if fan... you see Rogue One merch in the wild, I want to know where. That's true. Or fan art, I guess. Yeah, fan art. Yeah, yeah, fan art is really the the sort of the minefield for you because there's a lot of great fan art for Star Wars, and I think now especially, yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's like areas I don't even. I'll sometimes hop like I'll get recommended a post, and I'll be like, "Wow, I do not go here." You guys are on shipping levels that I cannot even begin to approach. Yeah. So yeah, Wyatt yeah. and I did get the privilege to go see. Um, Rogue One in IMAX over the weekend, and it was amazing. In my opinion, the best, either the best or second best, depending on the day, because Last Jedi is pretty fucking good, too. But one of the best Star Wars movies to see in IMAX. Yes, it's a very sexy movie. For the rest of the Star Wars movies, just give me a big screen. But um, I actually think, though, so... I've seen Rogue One and I've seen Last Jedi in IMAX. I think I also got Force Awakens. But that's because I saw Force Awakens seven times in theaters. Wyatt Barmore hyphen Pooley. Uh, I went with different people. You're, you're... I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw Force Awakens seven times in theaters. Don't judge me. I saw it with different people every time. No, that was Into the Spider-Verse. I just kept seeing Force Awakens. Okay, I'll do you one better. I saw La La Land four times. Yeah, that's significantly worse. Force Awakens is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um... I... I can't relate to this. I don't like going to see movies like hot, hot opinion. Fair enough. Hot take. No, the only movies I see nowadays are the Marvel Actually, well, so I was going to say the pandemic brought us to Andy's level, but Rogue One in IMAX is actually the first movie I've seen in theaters since April 2020. Wow. I saw Birds of Prey at the Leicester Odeon in in London. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I it was the biggest theater I've ever seen. It was empty, foreshadowing. And I walked out of that theater and then I got kicked out of London and then COVID happened. And I I was going to see Spider-Verse 2 as my 
glorious return to movies, but that got postponed. So Rogue One, it was mm. a magical right. moment. It was a magical moment. We're talking um, Star Wars Rebels, right? Yes, yes, we must. Uh, before we segue into Star Wars Rebels, we oh, made the executive so decision. Right. We you're made so the executive right. <laughs> totally decision forgot. instead of doing a Twitter poll about between subway sandwiches and D and D classes. We decided that D and D classes was the uh, far more risk, interesting. We could not risk anyone picking the wrong option. Yeah, this well, is not a this is not a democracy. This is the imperial era. There's no democracy here. So true. Well, yeah. I also like. It, Subway's just not as sexy as Dungeons and Dragons. No, it's not. And Rebels it's just is not as fun. a sexy show. Not, like, yet, not literally sexy. They haven't no figured, the, no figured out the lighting a, yet. That's true. Um, I watched a very interesting YouTube video about how season one was just like basically done in crunch time. They had like nine months or something or like around a year to do season one. Shock me. And so given the quick turnaround from the end of when we know they were working on Clone Wars. Exactly. Exactly. And they were given like a significantly less budget, too. Yes, that has been popularized. I know that Disney and I'm going to say Disney, even though I don't like saying Disney to refer to like Lucasfilm decisions in this era. I Disney wanted a show on their channel, not Cartoon Network. Yes. Which is part of why Clone Wars ended. And I think Disney wanted a show on their channel now. So that's why Rebels was uh, was put out. I think Clone Wars ended in 2013 and Rebels was out in 2014, which in animation terms is not very long. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so we're you'll doing... have to link me that YouTube video, Calvin. Oh, yeah, it's a like an hour long video essay. Um, uh, OK, I listened to it while I was cooking and it was. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Artur was the creator's name. Artur? Art like it's like Star Tours, but without the No, it's like A R R T O R R or something like that. The um, number of R's varies, but you should be able to find it. <laughs> yeah, okay. sure. Okay, guys. And you can't watch these videos because they do spoil. Um, I wasn't going to. It sounds honestly, I can't spend more hours of my life like consuming Star Wars content. <laughs> Um, it's already consuming me. Yeah, yeah. So D and D classes. D and D classes. We picked Ezra, Space Aladdin himself. Yes. Yeah, I feel Wyatt like we are going to revisit Ezra. Yes, Ezra absolutely changes classes at some point in this yeah. show. Foreshadowing, but right now we were thinking he's a rogue. He's a rogue because he sneaks around. Relation he's a to, little guy. Relation to Rogue One, non-existent. Non-existent. Not <laughs> related. He is like, so we have in my DD campaign, we have a, uh, a tiefling rogue who is actually Ezra's age. The character is a mm. shitty teenager, much like Ezra. Uh, I say this lovingly. Uh, she's one of our favorites. And uh, they really do be stealing shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I know that like sort of rebels, obviously they are operating outside the law. But they do send Ezra on an errand to go steal fruit in this in the episodes we watched. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like season one has its I won't say weak, um like mediocre points, but then it gets to be absolute bangers, just like consistently. Yeah. Um I, 
speaking specifically about the fruit run episode we will get to the fruit run i like i really actually enjoyed that watching it this time around but it's fun it's fun it's it's it has one purpose i feel like it is not the uh well yeah um but yeah it is not the episode i always think of it as the second episode but i always forget about the droids yeah so this this episode on first steps of Star Wars podcast, we watched Rebels season one, episodes three, four, and five: Droids in Distress, Fight or Flight, and Rise of the Old Masters. So, in Droids in Distress, the Rebels, uh, the Ghost Crew, in need of cash, they take one of Vizaga's jobs to infiltrate an Imperial transport and steal some weapons. On this Imperial transport. By the will of the force are R2D2 and C3 are R2D2, R2D2, and C3PO, escorting the Minister of Lethal, Minister Tua. They double-cross her, get the information about where the weapons are, steal the weapons, take them back to Lethal, but C3PO rats them out because he's a protocol droid. He's a baby back bitch. Yep. And then they have a a fight out with the Imperials where it is revealed that Agent Callus was at the genocide of was the one one of the people committing the genocide of the Lasat using the exact weapons that they are stealing much to Zeb's let's just say Zeb's not a fan of that anyway at the end the droids are returned to Bail Organa and uh, it's revealed that R2 has been kind of recording them the whole time and checking them out about, you know, what they're really like. Ooh. Yeah. Which we got a uh, very funny text from Andy at the end of the re- the the episode. <laughs> yeah. They were like, this is Bail Organa? I mean, like. <laughs> I was so, like, I jumped out of my seat when I saw him. I was like, there's no way this man is here. But he was. I thought we were just getting, like, cute little droids, but. We got Leia's. Yeah, I mean they are they they are property of, well, R two is property of Captain Antilles, but um, three PO is property of the Organa family. So yeah, I always find it kind of funny in this episode. I'm not sure if three PO is in on at all the like mission that R two has, which is again very funny. Just yeah, because three PO doesn't know anything. Yeah. But I'm curious because as we see in this episode, and as was hinted in Kenobi, Bail Organa is up to some shit. Like mm-hmm. he is not just he is not just being an imperial senator. He's not even just being an imperial senator and objecting to the Empire. He's involved somehow with the growing rebellion. And so I, I think I think at this point 3PO does not know anything about that because he is not ever capable of shutting the fuck up no as seen in this episode no i i just literally last night finished reading leia princess of alderaan excellent book excellent book i uh will say i did not peg amlin holdo as an astrology gay but here we are that's a name that means nothing to andy yeah but this is mainly for wyatt and the you know yes. general i portion actually of our think i had base. heard that yeah, I, I remember she's fun. When, no, I yeah. love her. I, 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 I understand it. I support it, and I love it. Like, also, I think it's she was one of my favorite parts of the book. Anyway, go if on. If astrology is related to the Force, if this universe, it's real. Yeah. 
and it's wild oh, and it's different on every planet and Amalyn uses that to her advantage and it's an excellent book and I love Claudia Gray. Um, anyway, back to where were we? Yeah. Um, Away from Calvin's desperate episodes or attempts to turn this into a book podcast. A book podcast. I've been on a marathon of Star Wars books lately, guys. I literally have been reading them nonstop. Anyway, um, I thought it was... This was a very fun episode. It was just, I loved the little train ride, how it was so clearly staged and they were playing that woman like a fiddle. Yeah. Minister and to, that uh, droid and that droid, that droid originated, um, that design originated for Disney World, right? For Star uh, Tours. The droid captain. Yeah, yeah. They're on the, they're on the Star Tours shuttle. Yeah. That's the shuttle you get on to oh. ride Star Tours. Well, that's fun. Yeah. It's, it crops up in Rebels all the time. It's a really fun jo- in joke. It's it's literally and it's used for the same purpose in in universe now because you're on like a sightseeing trip in in on the Star Tours ride and you like oh the Empire whatever it was right. it started in the 80s and on this it's a it's a it's essentially a bus it's a it's a it's a a bus shuttle yeah well that's really fun uh so yeah the combination of them playing Minister Tua like a fiddle and this really fun captain made the whole journey fun for me. I really love that R2 and Chopper, it's on site. They just like looked at each other and were like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't like the look of you. I just I think it's really funny as sort of the they play the same roles in whatever story they're in. They're the main droid sidekick. And they're just like, you're in my space, man. I it's just like, oh, my God, it's like in. <sighs> Y'all aren't going to get this, but it's in one piece when two of the Yonko meet and when they like hit each other, the clouds rip apart. That is what would happen if R2 and Chopper went barreling towards each other. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, what were you going to say? I just I feel like usually I'm like, man, I don't want I don't want I want I don't want droids. I don't droids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Droid Um, hater Andy. I'm kind of a droid hater. I really this was really fun. This was really fun. I was kind of like. I see it. Like, I see the appeal. So, yeah. Like, I see why people like R2. Like, no, he's a funny character. Like, he's the, So, we're getting towards more of, like, the vibe of the original movies. Because mm-hmm. the prequels are an opera, and it's very sad. And there isn't a lot of room for slapstick droid stuff. It sticks out. Yes, it, it, it sticks it, it out. It doesn't really fit in. And we're now at the sort of classic Star Wars adventure. Like, it's a little more lighthearted even though there's an oppressive government, but generally the stories are a little bit more sort of swashbuckling and the droids work so much better in that because the droids are classic beloved characters from those original movies and they are sort of just there in the prequels, which is unfortunate, but as, and, and for us, like for me and Calvin, we love the R2 stuff because we already like R2 and so R2 stuff in The Phantom Menace is fun because we already know him and his stuff in Revenge of the Sith is fun because like he's getting his little hero moments and that's good. But I think I I think this is the best era for droid stuff now. No disrespect to the entire droid army in the Clone Wars era. But. Because like we had we had a lot, honestly a, real, a lot of good droid stuff in Kenobi and Chopper's good fun. Yeah, Chopper will get better besides just slapstick, but. But you know. honestly, his his arms, his little arms that come out of his head They're really so like expressive. At, yeah. what they have him do with that is really funny. Every time he waves at a character, 
I don't think it's happened yet, but every time he waves, it cracks me up. He's just um, a little guy. Swashbuckling? Swashbuckling guy. Swashbuckling was such a good word to use to describe the vibe, Wyatt. Yes. I'm I, like, this episode could come, you could make this a pirate, yes. a pirate thing easily. Uh, cr- no credit to me. This has been, this has been d- used to describe one of the words used to describe Star Wars, the originals, for a while. Um, but it is correct. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I've never heard that before. That was perfect. Yeah, because Star Wars is is a lot of the stuff George Lucas watched as a kid. And some of that was pirate movies where they sword fight with rapiers and have death-defying adventures. And in this one, yeah, they had a they had a silly droid caper. They were running back and forth. Um, and then we got some trauma because Rebels loves that. I know, I know that really like I was enjoying it. I was enjoying like I was in the adventure and then I was like, wait, this is actually very sad. Yeah, the Zeb, yeah. the Zeb stuff in this episode is good. There, There is further Zeb stuff that I like better, but he's only been sort of, hey, hey, I hate people so far. And yeah, I hate people and I hate Ezra. Those are his two yes. characteristics. And in fairness, I do. I I think the Ezra hating is very funny. It's I think it's way funnier on rewatch. Honestly, it leads to I, great com- uh, comedy as yeah, we see in the next I episode. Was laughing. I yeah. I was watching Fight or Flight. I know we're sort of skipping ahead with my partner, and I was laughing my ass off at all the jokes, like I was the target audience. Yeah. My thing. My thing though with Zeb's whole like, oh, this is the guy who like killed my people. Yeah. Like it's incredibly tragic, and it happens in the third fucking episode. It's like and and and. I don't know. It just seems really early to be introducing this, like, I I guess I kind of wish that I had gotten to, like, know Zeb a little bit more. And then when this, this, like, thing happened, I would, like, feel a little more for him. Yeah. I I was. Like, how would you have felt if Fight or Flight was before this episode? See, that's my Mandela effect. I swear Fight or Flight is before (laughs) this episode, but I know I'm wrong. Yeah, I think I think that would have been like more impactful just because it's like this this should be a climax of a story. Like in Zeb's story, like this would have been one of the like major moments of his life. And I was like, it happens so early for us when we don't even know yeah. him and can't appreciate it. So yeah, so I would say it a would change. Theme that I'm gonna note next episode too is that some of the backstory stuff that we're given, because I don't know, it, it this is fairly basic level storytelling on the way they do their backstories early. It's like, yeah, it, it's almost like a, it is like D and D, like you, they, you, they're trying to shoehorn in Zeb's tragic backstory because the player really wants to get to it. And there's some backstory stuff in season one for the characters, the non Ezra and Kanan division, so non Jedi. Uh, and Ezra's Ezra's parent stuff is brought up immediately. That's like a a thing for him. It will always be a thing for him. Uh, the backstory stuff I feel like is there's some stuff introduced here that kind of falls flat, and then they'll revisit it later in the show and do it way better. So I'm super excited for you to get to some episodes that does deal with Zeb's trauma related to this and and what the repercussions of it are. A side note: I had this. Uh, I had all the little guidebooks for Star Wars that they made in the 2000s for Legends. And I had one on weapons. Uh, And disruptors were, disruptors being like a really fucked up Star Wars weapon is a very old concept. And I like that they brought it back. 
And they've always been just guns, which I think is very funny. But they 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 pop people, basically. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> um on that note. I don't Fruit know. stealing time. How are we feeling? Next episode? Next, next episode. episode. All yeah. right. Yeah, so I next feel like episode, I feel like fight or flight. Yeah, Andy. I, I think I'm gonna agree with what you're gonna say. <laughs> I have so many thoughts at the moment. Um, so let me let, let, let me um, yes do summarize. your synopsis. Yeah, do let me summarize. Synopsis. So in fight or flight, Ezra and Zeb are fighting. So the parents, Hera and Kanan, kick Ezra and Zeb out to go shopping together, and have they have one task that is imperative to get a Maluran fruit. Well, they managed to track down this Maluran fruit, but they have to steal it from the Empire. Um, there's a slight. Yeah, they take a slight detour when one of Ezra's parents' friends gets their farm taken from them by the Empire, and Zeb and Ezra notably steal a TIE fighter, TIE, tie fighter, giving the name to this episode, Fighter Flight. Anyway, they save, and I love it. They fight, and they fight, and they save Ezra's parents' friend, and they crash the TIE fighter and go on to rebel another day. It's good fun. I love that. I love the reveal that Hera has set them an intentionally different, difficult task because they were being annoying. Yeah. Like it's not yes. just go do, go do chores because you need to do chores for responsibilities. It's, oh no, I'm screwing with you because you, you were wrecking my ship. Yeah. You can really tell that Hera and Kanan get no more alone time now that there are three of three more people on the ship. Yeah, especially like now Sabine that- is chill. Sabine will go and paint a mural on Ezra and Zeb's wall with and as I f- Wyatt said, with like her Ed- headphones I feel like in. Zeb used to be chill, yeah. and then they rented half his room. <laughs> that and also they rented half his room to a little shit. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Ezra is a little shit right now. Yeah, not he's annoying in the way that he's annoying in the way that teenage boys are. And he's not used to living with people. I mean, he's basically like the worst freshman ever. Hmm. Like he's just he has no idea what to do. He has no idea how to share a living space. Yeah. Him and Zeb do not have a roommate agreement. Well, it's also you and I know the importance he, of a roommate agreement. Exactly. But Ezra also did not even have hasn't even had the experience of living in a, another with another person in the same general space give i.e parents yeah. in their own room not until he was not since he was very little yeah you know he's been living in that tower alone for like seven eight years at this point so like he is very distrustful of people and very distrustful of people in this space i feel god, like that is so sad that well is so, so sad that's the thing about. is that oh rebels my god is pretty rebels takes a little bit i feel like to find its footing with the writing sometimes not being very simple but they're really good with their character work they're really good and consistent that's why this episode works is because it gets us to buy the zeb and ezra because they don't they don't hate each other and we get to see them not hate each other during the episode even though they're driving each other nuts and i like the way they've set sort of the foundation of not just their like brother relationship where they're gonna they're going to beat the shit out of each other and be annoying, but that they're going to be genuinely friends eventually. <laughs> friends don't let other friends steal TIE fighters. <laughs> I I just really liked this episode because it was kind of like 
the two of them only have one brain cell collectively. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and that energy was just like throughout the whole episode. I feel like so this episode. I feel like I bring this up every time. Every time Andy enjoys something, I just go then immediately after they're done. So people fucking hated this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Yeah, so Fight or Flight is probably the least popular Rebels episode. Yeah. No. I mean, in my opinion, I I, I see why, because like every other episode is just like better than this, because this is is, very early on and they are (laughs) still trying to find their footing. But this episode is really good and that gives you the standard. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly I honestly think it's it's a higher quality, certainly better comedy than they were trying to pull off an early Clone Wars. Exactly. Like, like they, I'm not disagreeing with you here. Yeah, no, I think because Star Wars, I feel like doesn't always do comedy that well, like straight up comedy that well. Star Wars is funny often, but when it tries to do like a, a lighthearted comedic episode, it doesn't always work. This one, I feel like works. Zeb floating the TIE fighter sideways is just so funny to me when they were like running on the rooftops. It's just there was a lot of good stuff here. And then even it it gets knocked on for being like no importance to the plot, no world building. But that's not even true. We get to see that they're nationalizing farms. Like there's there's a there is a, a, a sort of lore point about the point that that fucking goat man made in the first minute of the show is that it's getting worse on Lothal. The empire is expanding. That's, I think that that's such an annoying view to have though. Also of like every episode needs every, I definitely feel like every episode needs to progress the story, but you can do that in different ways. Filler episodes exist for a reason. And oftentimes that is to like build character relationships or like explore different, types of stories so even though this was kind of a filler episode like that's the vibe i got it progressed the relationships of these two characters yeah who we've um, known for collectively one hour of screen time yeah, so far yeah like, i i get it sometimes when late in the show like you're three seasons in you get a nothing episode it's like eh, that wasn't the greatest i'll be back next week but that wasn't amazing i, I give even though it's funny i i i've talked to my partner how i don't like episode threes a lot of shows that have like one hour premieres and then do the sort of setup episode of like establishing the the basic character dynamics i actually think this episode did good by focusing it in just on zeb and ezra and not giving it to not being like okay we're gonna also establish their dynamics with sabine and with their parents like it it will get that spread out and i think that's good well, and actually, like, as a coming from the newbie perspective, one of the things I dislike a lot about some Star Wars stuff is that they, like, throw way too much at me way too soon. And it feels like there's a constant, like, things are always happening. And I think that was especially just because the prequel era was so crazy. There's a lot going everything on. Happening. It was dense, yeah. So, but, so yeah, I was, like, frustrated because I was like, be like give me one fucking moment to breathe you're giving me battle after battle and you i can't like keep this, up with what's you happening were like that eric andre gif where he's like well hang on <laughs> yeah literally literally <laughs> um and so they're doing what the what i like is yeah taking, we've finally taking given you some linear story like yes, clone wars was God, an anthology series please. rebels is finally letting you breathe with with a group of characters 
which is its strongest suit. Yes. Is the yes. heart and soul of Rebels as the ghost crew. And they're doing a good job establishing them here. Uh, what was I? I was going to say something funny. The Sabine shit is cringe, though. Yes. Ezra's, Ezra's uh, Sabine crush. Yeah. Once he, I cannot wait for him to get over that. Yeah. I So in my watch with Kaya, I am at, we're in season two. And I will, it's like, I've just now reached the first time I laughed at an Ezra Sabine kind of thing. Um, aside from uh, Zeb yeeting him out of his, out of him developing his crush for the very first time. That, that got me this time. But, uh, yeah, it's not great. I do like her bullying him via drawing. Um, yes that was funny that, yeah i like sabine i just don't like ezra in relationship to sabine yeah he's i mean this is easily the most annoying ezra it is yeah. probably this episode in particular and uh i like it i do like know his whole character arc but i also feel like i didn't hate it when it happened although actually a fun fact i don't believe i watched fight or flight when it aired on broadcast uh, I did not keep up with Rebels very well uh, through the first half of the first season. I watched the premiere when it came out live, and then I sort of fell off. I think I watched uh, Rise of the Old Masters live because I heard people talking about it on Twitter. And then I sort of got back, back into the show. I remember going back and going on Comcast On Demand because this was a Disney XD show that was not streaming because this was 2014. I went and used my parents' cable service to rewatch the like episodes of Rebels so I'd be caught up for the end of the end of the season. <laughs> On that hustle. Hustle culture. <laughs> when it comes to wasn't as easy to pirate shit back then. <laughs> we were I think we were wow. I think it, was, it was either my first MacBook or genuinely my parents Dell and I feel like a, pi a pirate site in 2014 would have just killed that old girl. <laughs> And then Rise of the Old Masters, yeah, a.k.a. I mean, like, Rebels is not fucking... Well, yeah, so we can notice by the how short Calvin's been doing his summaries, this has not been the most plot-heavy of episode homeworks we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I didn't Very like this character one. You didn't, you didn't like, like Rise of the one? Old Masters? So in Rise <laughs> of the Old Masters, in Rise of the Old Masters, Kanan is having trouble teaching Ezra because he's having some insecurities about his ability to teach. And Ezra is having some insecurities about being a bad student. And then they see a news report about how, oh, no, Master Luminara Unduli has number one, survived Order 66, and number two, been captured by the Empire. And you, so Kanan's all like, what? Uh, sorry, I just remembered. You know what I realized? I, in, in Star Wars, I'm that Imperial radio guy. Like, he, he has my job. Yeah, that's true. I don't I don't work for the government. I work in I work in private radio. But like if I worked for NPR and then the U.S. government turned into the empire, I would be Alton Castle, the the imperial mm. reporter. Well, we know your job. In I the would empire resign, would be. to be clear. Yeah. But uh, but then you go and do communications I just or something for the rebellion. I just think it's very funny that uh, I was like, oh, hey, look. Quiet representation. He's yeah. even got terrible sideburns. Anyway, um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So Kanan's like, you know who can teach you better than I can? Luminara. And Ezra's like, oh, 
And so they go and mount a rescue against Luminara. And so who shows up when they get to Luminara? Number one, uh, there's this weird hologram thing with Luminara's body and it's revealed that Luminara, it's her corpse and she has in fact been dead the entire time. And they use her corpse to lure another Jedi. Um, And then the Inquisitor shows up. Sorry, the Grand Inquisitor shows up. Um, But we don't call him the Grand Inquisitor yet because he was simply the Inquisitor. Because this is the episode where they came up with Inquisitors. Yeah. (laughs) So I was talking with Calvin before the broadcast how I think Kenobi ruins this episode. Yeah. Anyway, Um, they escape. Um, Hera uses the help of the uh, native creatures of the planet to get them out. And the Inquisitor looks on with his cape billowing in the wind, mad that his prey got away. He doesn't and have a cape because he there is no budget he for doesn't capes have a cape. That's correct. Uh, but, you know, the vibe I was going for. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, uh, 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 Ezra and Kanan have a heart to heart. And uh, Kanan's like, I will no longer try to be your t- teacher. I will teach you. And then they get back to Jedi training with new resolve. Why like was I, talking to me before this brought so sorry, Andy. Yes, yes. Do do yes. How oh, Kenobi just, ruins this. I well, so it's just really funny to watch them reestablish Inquisitors, even though I know it was for the first time. So, like when this episode came out, it was a fairly big deal. It was a Clone Wars connection. It was a fucked up Clone Wars connection, which in true Clone Wars fashion. And the Inquisitor was like a big addition to lore. And that's just just a whoopee cushion sound now. <laughs> So why did you hate this episode, Andy? <laughs> I was I feel like I was watching this and I was just upset the whole time. I don't know. I can't just I can't explain it. Well, you hate I Luminara. I don't like Luminara. So well, I was so like, the, there's that no is way that's easily that the funniest <laughs> part is that does Kanan know what happened to Luminara's last student? Like now I'm curious, like, does is the Barisafi affair known among the Jedi? Like she well they talked about it in dark disciple but kanan was a kid and were they telling the padawans they, but wasn't it obi obi-wan who brought it up that's true um, it was, o- it was either meeting. obi-wan or mace but like in a council yeah. meeting with the door closed yeah and i'm talking they like talked Jedi. about it in the ahsoka novel but that's ahsoka and she obviously yeah. has a personal investiture in there i'm talking about so kane and jaris definitely kane and jaris is uh is a padawan in the jedi order and he's just a guy like how do we know i'm just i'm curious about that and i think it, it's a good reflection of how limited kanan's knowledge is really about jedi stuff which is the point of this of that whole segment is i luminara would not be a good teacher for ezra because she's uh, incredibly ezra would run away so fast he'd be on the next train to his old home he would give it all up if luminara taught him it has to be kanan because they're a good match for each other yeah but it's just sort of double funny because of all the jedi like her student turned evil bombed the temple was right about (laughs) everything about the jedi's failures and then disappeared from the canon forever I just, I literally, I was so shocked. I feel like at the beginning, when, like when they, when they brought up Luminara, I feel like someone's like, I don't even know. Have you ever it jumped is- in cold water? It was that <laughs> feeling. I was so well, shocked. And so, and then 
the like reveal that she's been dead the whole time that they're using her they're preserving jedi bodies kenobi yeah. stole that thunder it like, was cooler the vivid transformation oh, yeah. from uh luminar's you know uh youthful holographic face to yeah. her rotted corpse it's fucked up her preserved corpse rather but yeah it's it well, so this was like I remember sort of the fandom reaction to this episode was like where they people started to realize, oh, this show's not going to fuck around. And because it had been the premiere, which is very fun. And then two kind of like goofy, like lighthearted episodes. And then it's Jedi mummies and there's a goth guy here to kill you. Goth guy. Sexy goth guy voiced by Jason yeah, I Alexander. Know, actually. Actually, <laughs> actually, he's way sexier in this show. He's way sexier in this show. This is why people um, were disappointed. I again, this is my preferred Grand Inquisitor voice. Um, I, I love what Jason Isaacs does. And again, respecting the live action. I version. said Jason Alexander. No, that oh. would be wild. Good God. George Costanza Inquisitor. I did. <laughs> God, imagine them you no 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 did. imagine them putting him in the makeup he, he he's like <laughs> man if somebody oh, out there is gosh. good at photoshop we need george costanza inquisitor we need it now please um okay anyway jason isaac's sexy oh my god I george just... costanza loose malfoy <laughs> Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Andy? What was I gonna say? I feel like I feel like one of the things with um it's it's that aliens just can't look as good IRL as they do in animation. Yes. It's why I feel like as much as I would love an a live action Dark Disciple, like seeing Ventress would be a disappointment no matter what because she's never going to look as good as she does in animation. I mean, like literally, literally, think about the difference between if you want to look at her species, look at the yeah. difference between Maul live action and Maul in the Clone Wars. Like, well, and I mean, just sexy. with the way they have Ventress, I mean, she's just yeah. got a neck longer than people have, and yes. like you could maybe get somebody to look like her, but it that that's the thing with the Grand Inquisitor is they. In Kenobi, they got a guy who they loved his acting and they were like, OK, we'll put you in a ball cap. You'll be passable. And it worked because he's at, he was he was the right choice for the role, it turned out. Yeah. But he does not look as good here because the Rebels style and the animated style is great for exaggerated aliens. Can you imagine live action Zeb? Yes, that would be that would be awful. Well, we very nearly got live action. That's why they changed that from that original (laughs) Chewbacca design, because they were like, it's fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That is really funny to me. Wait, but but no, in in um, in Jedi Fallen Order, Jaro T'Pol is a sot. Yeah, but that's still sort of like still animation, but it's a lot more photorealistic. Yes. And he does look fine. But you know, you know what they've been doing with the live action aliens. You know it would be bad. Yeah. What were you I, gonna say, Andy? Guys, I don't know if I'm I was as sold as you you were from the uh live action performance of the Grand Inquisitor. You guys have yeah, mentioned it enough. so many times. I'm like, I actually don't know. But maybe it's because I don't have like this background of the, who well, this inquisitor is. I just is. thought he I I mean this, I still thought he was fun. His, uh, I thought he so, was fun. I I had fun with him. I laughed at his little monologue, but I thought it was silly. 
Like he yeah, wasn't scary so to me. I no, I I don't take the Inquisitors seriously at all. <laughs> okay. Like I I mean, so they're they're great for what their role in the plot is, but they're not even really supposed to be that competent. Like, yeah, sure, Grand Inquisitor, you show up and kick a a Padawan who trained till he was 12's ass and Ezra who doesn't have a lightsaber. Like he's he's scary to them and he works in that yeah. role, but he's he is a season one villain. The point like of Inquisitor. He's Admiral, yeah. he's Admiral Zhao. The point he's of literally in- Admiral Zhao. It's the yes. same voice actor. <laughs> yeah. The point of Inquisitors was so that there could be lightsaber battles without having to have them die to Darth die. Vader. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, we, we talked, I think we about, talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Vader, Vader kills Kanan. With no sweat, we just saw him in Kenobi. Like that man is yeah, fucking shit up. Terrifying. He ripped off the side of that ship. Yeah. Oh my god. And 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 Kanan has trouble with the Grand Inquisitor, who again is cheating with that lightsaber. Absolutely cheating. Yeah. With the spinny bits. Um. But yeah, I. So this episode, I feel like diminishes is in, in importance. The the longer the show went on, the further we get from it. It did sort of have its place as a very important episode early on and was held up as one of the good ones. And I feel like it's going the opposite direction as fight or flight for me. Fight or flight has gained like I like it more every time I watch it. And I feel like with Rise of the Old Masters, I'm like, "Ah." I know about Inquisitors. I know Luminara is dead. The ghost team will run better missions. It's cool. We need to get here. We need to introduce the villain. But it wasn't. It was fine in it. (laughs) yeah i feel bad because like i do like it but there isn't as much to say about it for me as there used to be and kenobi sort of took a lot of the thunder out of that where like it's not our first time encountering inquisitors it's not our first time encountering uh jedi what they do with jedi survivors Mm -hmm. jedi survivors um and it looked silly here the 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 hologram transition but the fact that luminara's body was in like uh, sarcophagus? Yeah. Felt silly to me. Yeah, I, I mean, it It just, I think, again, the, the Inquisitor concept was early. If it had been made now, she would be in that sort of amber preserved. That amber, yeah, I like the amber. Which I agree is very cool, but uh, we're still early in Inquisitors. There's still only one. He, he introduces himself, he goes, I am the Inquisitor, and like, yeah, it's also funny because rebels will name him the Grand Inquisitor eventually like th- they came up with it, but they haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, um, because we have, you know, we have lost track of the fourth sister and the fifth brother, so we don't know where they are. Um, what was I going to say? Um, we got a Yoda callback or like, you know, Andy doesn't yeah. know that. Do if they said do or do I don't not, know that no line. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen it on a t-shirt. Yeah, it's it's one of Yoda's most famous lines. It's one of his most famous sort of pearls of wisdom. And I love it. Like my I think it's a kind of a dorky callback. But also I love that Kanan admits to not understanding it because he was a kid. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. Given that this is a TV show about uh, standard cast characters and therefore we get to see them breathe. We get to see them like kind of, you know learn the lesson and this is one of the central lessons of star wars and we get to kind of see them like learn it in real time yeah it is also probably the best explanation of what yoda is actually talking about is that it basically to rid your mind of worry and just act rather than uh 
worry about how you're doing, basically. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, I... Similar themes in the book Padawan. <laughs> absolutely. Because, well, and because this, I feel like, is a universal thing for all Padawans. Like, every Padawan worries about being a good student, and every master, who are often young Jedi, like worry about being a good teacher and they have to find the way to even even in the dogmatic jedi order or the prequels they have to find the way that the student and master mesh best to learn and rebels i think is fun because it's a very unique version of it like kanan is not a full jedi there are no jedi he has no help and he has to teach ezra different because he's not teaching ezra to grow up and be a peacekeeper of the republic they are actively fighting for their lives this is like learning on the job. Mm -hmm. They like on his way to theoretically get Ezra a better teacher. They're like in action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hera had some fun stuff with that whole. Yeah. They oh, tried to fuck my the gosh. I. It's horrifying. I was like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> I was like, No. Yeah, that was just also, so absurd, though. I was like, no, Hera, no. It does sort of crack me up, though, that they were flying. They, they The creatures kind of look like there's like a, a creature named Phantoms in Minecraft. And I think it's funny that the it like they look like Phantoms and they're involved with the Phantom, mm. which did crack me up while watching this. <laughs> they're they're a funny little design. I feel like we've seen them before, but. It might just be that Rebels might reuse their character model a few times, yeah. but. uh. I don't want to say what I'm about to say. Because they remind me of another creature that we meet in Rebels. They remind me of the Pergil. Oh. I disagree. But they've got fine. similar faces, I think. Um Yeah. So that is um Yeah, so Rebel Season One. We got our we got our characters, we got our dynamics established, and we got our villain. Let's yeah. let's go. You know, uh, uh, Sabine and Zeb like to blow stuff up in this episode. You know, you know that's... what I feel. This this group of episodes combined with last week's, I honestly it gives like the first one shot you do in like the your D and D campaign yeah. to establish everyone's it's characters. The I mean, I don't I don't know how intentional it is. I know there's a lot of influence from the old Star Wars role playing game, but I know that's just sort of in the lore. Uh -huh. But I, it it feels more like obvious every time I watch it. Like every time we talk about something, I think of another D and D comparison. Like just the, and I know it's 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 a common storytelling device for series like this. But the crew going around doing missions and like establishing character dynamics and meeting the arc villain, like yeah. it's it's very D and D. Including the arc villain being kind of weird and not established yet. Like, <laughs> they're figuring it out. The DM is still figuring it out. Yeah. And he's on crunch time. Um, anything else we need to say? Um, not to turn this into a, a book podcast, but I just, I'm, I made a, a Padawan reference, and I want everyone to know that I read. Yeah. Oh, you, you finished finish it? it? Yeah. Okay. You both said that at the same time, which was fun. Jinx. Uh, Jinx. You owe me a book. I will accept your copy of any time. <laughs> yeah, it was a good book. Guys, at one point, I meant to write Satine and I wrote Sabine in my annotations and I had to go back some, 
back. Yes, that back that has been it. plaguing people since this show came out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was. It was especially both given Mandalorian. they're both Mandalorians. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that was my thing. Is I was like, no, no, no. Um, yeah. Satine, who didn't get a reference in Kenobi. Tear. Don't I um, can don't even get me started. Where is Satine? Why won't the, she's a part of his backstory? Hashtag Corky Kenobi. Um. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. I mean, like you read Padawan. I read um, A New Dawn. I read Lost Stars. I read Princess and the Scoundrel, and I read Leia yeah. Princess of Alderaan. We can't talk about Lost Stars. But we I'm can't glad talk you about Lost Stars. Finally discovered it. But um, Calvin was sending me texts, and I was like, "Man, it feels like 2015 all over again." I'm like, never has a Andy. You're not allowed to read Lost Stars until we watch the original trilogy. Um, okay. But I haven't. A book hasn't given me feels since um, I haven't used the the term feels since high school, since I was on Tumblr. And here I am. A book has given me feels. Um, Yeah. And then they never show up in canon again. And then they never show up. No. And Princess and the Scoundrel thing is there. What? Yeah. Is uh, but Claudia Gray didn't write Princess and the Scoundrel, did she? Oh, intriguing. Yeah. Um, let's get a Lost Stars 2, uh, Disney. Uh, since I, you know, and have ended this past few episodes within imploring Disney to do something. Also, <laughs> it, it used to be we were trying to get Andy hired. Yeah. Now we just want content. <laughs> yeah. Disney, um, are we good on the is is September 28th still when the Bad Batch is premiering? I would uh, love so a on on a on a Star Wars subreddit. Good? Um Somebody like messaged Disney Plus customer service and got a response that, yes, it's still the 28th. At okay. least according to what that person knows, it's still coming out on the 28th. I'll take that I as wish, the best source I that wish. I can get because my calendar cannot suffer. Yeah. yeah. Our, coming this at is- the schedule. Your hubris of making the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally a week later. Anyway. We're we're an audio medium, but the like sad little thumbs up <laughs> that Calvin gave to uh, the energy to Disney Plus asking, "Are you good?" <laughs> I, I will have that engraved on my brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's so funny. All I right, mean, what are we watching next time? Uh, next time on First Steps, a star on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. We watch season one, episodes six, seven, eight, and nine. Hey. Why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, because eight, seven nine. didn't want to leave eight being the cliffhanger and wanted us to watch the two parter. That's true. That is also true. That's why we're doing four episodes this time. Uh, episode six, breaking ranks. Episode seven, out of darkness. Episode eight, Empire Day. And episode nine, gathering forces. I like these episodes. Ooh. I'm excited. Yay. <laughs> yeah. They're better than these past few. Um, may the force be with you. Uh, swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.